Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, November 9th. S&P futures are rallying 52 points. That's about a percent and a half. NASDAQ futures are doing a bit better. They're up 215 points. That is about 1.8%. The major European indices are rallying 1.4 to 1.7%. There is outperformance in autos, basic industry, and tech. Nothing is really suffering outright losses in Europe, although healthcare is underperforming. And Asia finished higher across the board as well. So a lot of optimism this morning, um, you know, a few things to go through. So obviously the big news was the formal declaration of Pennsylvania on Saturday that pushed Biden officially over 270 electoral votes. So he is the president-elect now. Um, you know, I think this was looking very certain as of Wednesday morning and certainly looked inevitable later in the day, Wednesday and into Thursday. So I don't think that this really should be shocking to anyone. Um, I think most people went into the weekend on Friday thinking that Biden would be the next president. But nevertheless, to see it formally declared on the tape is certainly helping sentiment just by removing this that area of uncertainty. Um, you know, again, I don't think it's so much that investors are celebrating Biden over Trump. It's more just there was some concern that this could be a protracted process whereby there would be a lot of uh, lawsuits um, and, and it could be contested for weeks and weeks. It looks like that will not happen. So the White House is filing a number of lawsuits, um, but, you know, nearly across the board, Everyone thinks it's largely a futile effort. Um, and again, it just comes down to not so much whether or not Trump will officially concede, but um, you know, if the White House, and there is a formal process that takes place, will allow for kind of a seamless transition. I think that's what the market really cares about. Um, it really doesn't matter whether or not Trump concedes. Um, you know, the, the, the transition uh, is underway as of this point in time. Um, there was also positive economic data this morning. So you had strong export figures out of China, Taiwan, and Germany. So obviously that is helping sentiment as well. Um, you know, So with the election out of the way, I think the major macro focus now shifts to US fiscal negotiations and COVID vaccine. So on the fiscal negotiations, that process really kicked off um, you know, less than 24 hours after the election took place. So yes, last Wednesday, McConnell came out and made remarks um, that sounded somewhat conciliatory and hopeful. I think at that point in time, McConnell thought that the majority, the GOP majority in the Senate was certain. On Friday, you had comments from McConnell and, and Pelosi, and they both sounded kind of similar to where they stood before the election. And I think that's partly a function of, um, you know, McConnell's majority is still up in the air. So you have two runoff elections coming up um, in Georgia on January 5th. If the Democrats were to win both those races, you'd get to a 50-50 Senate Vice President-elect Harris, who would be vice president uh, in the new government, would be the tiebreak, thereby giving Democrats control of the Senate. Um, at this point in time, it's unlikely the Democrats will win both seats. You know, Republicans look like they're on track to win both of them. Although, keep in mind, Biden looks like he will flip Georgia into the Democratic column for the first time since 1992. There will be an enormous amount of money poured into those Georgia races. Um, so there certainly is a chance that the Democrats could take them both. So Given that there is still uncertainty around his majority in the Senate, um, I think it will be difficult to pass an, an enormous trillion dollar plus bill um, before those Senate races take place. Um, you know, so I think while there will be a lot of headlines this week around fiscal stimulus, it looks like Biden is going to play an informal role in negotiating. It looks like McConnell is going to formally take over the process on, be, on behalf of the Republicans. The White House is, you know, which had led the pre-election negotiations, will be moved to the sidelines. So you're probably going to see a lot of hopeful remarks around stimulus. Um, and I do think that you will see a bill get passed eventually. It's just a matter of time. However, 
Um, I think the politics of passing something before those runoffs in Georgia are just very difficult at the moment. Um, on the vaccine front, you know, this we're kind of in any day territory. So Pfizer, the Pfizer candidate is thought to be the first out of the gate. Um, again, unclear when they will release information. Um, it could happen though at any day as, as soon as this week, if not next week, et cetera. Moderna then will be the next one. They are supposed to be out sometime in towards the end of November. And then you have AstraZeneca and Johnson Johnson. AstraZeneca could hit in the end of November. Um, and then if not in December, and then Johnson Johnson has been saying December as well. So, um, you know, I personally think the vaccine information could be worth, you know, a multi-trillion dollar stimulus bill as far as the effect on the market and just sentiment. Um, so that's really, I think, the, the most crucial um, really big next macro catalyst for the market. Um, and just keep in mind, too, there has been this fr- this kind of fresh round of central bank easing. It has not received nearly as much attention um, as the election and fiscal stimulus uh, and COVID. But you are seeing central banks embark on a, a, you know, a pretty aggressive easing cycle again. So you had the RBA and BOE out last week. Um, the ECB is coming out December 10th. They've all but guaranteed they will take incremental action at that meeting. Um, the market assumes you'll see uh, probably a half trillion euros added to their bond buying program. The ECB has a big conference this week. It's Centra Conference. This is its equivalent of Jackson Hole for the Fed. Um, it is taking place virtually, so but you still are going to see speeches by um, a variety of different ECB officials, and they could help. Uh, this could help set the stage in terms of steering expectations for that December 10th meeting. Um, so that's another catalyst to keep an eye on for this week. Um, you know, my own personal views on the tape, I continue to think that cyclical value stocks will outperform. Um, you know, I continue to think that tech changed, um, you know, underwent a change in early September where you saw that steep decline after kind of the spring summer uh, rally. Um, and I think that, you know, while you did see some some buying in tech last week as, as, the, as the election result failed to produce a blue wave, you know, I do think that tech should be faded. Uh, tech rally should be faded at this point in time. I think tech just front-loaded um, several months, if not quarters, of gains into the spring and summer, and they'll be spending now some time digesting. Um, you know, the overall S&P, you're getting back to pretty rich valuation levels. You're nearly at 21 times, and that's, that assumes $170 of earnings for next year. Um, you know, so I think the, the the best chance for kind of gains will just be more of a rotation into cyclical value versus absolute upside for the overall market. Um, and like I said before, I think, you know, fiscal stimulus expectations, um, you know, I, I continue, th- I think it will be difficult again to get something major passed before those runoff elections um, in early January. Just looking at the calendar for today, other than any announcements out of Washington, um, you know, there's really not much on the calendar aside from earnings. The major earnings report for today will be McDonald's in the morning. Um, they will also be having, McDonald's will be having an analyst meeting as well after that report. Um, I've published a lot of kind of macro pieces in the last few days, so keep uh, an eye out for them on the website, um, just including going through all the major topics and questions uh, for the tape going forward over the, over the coming weeks, um, you know, going into, again, Senate control with the runoffs. There's a big government uh, budget deadline on December 11th, so there is possibly shutdown risk around that time. Um, you know, you have Biden cabinet announcements will be hitting over the coming weeks as well. So, you know, state defense, treasury will be the big ones on that. Um, there's been a lot of press commentary around Biden's tax plan, um, how aggressive he'll be in pursuing that, et cetera. Like I said before, you have, you know, this central bank easing cycle, you have the ECB on December 10th, and then you have the Fed possibly making um, a shift in its bond buying program. You have vaccines, et cetera. So a lot of uh, moving pieces in the market to consider 
over the coming weeks. And that is everything for today. There are a few uh, earnings reports as well, just quickly. Um, Infineon in Europe today was positive, so that's that's uh, encouraging for semiconductors. You had Berkshire Hathaway that reported Saturday morning. I think the big takeaway from that report was just the volume of buybacks. So um, they bought back $9 billion of stock in Q3, which was a sharp acceleration from the pace they had been buying. Obviously, you're, you know that's approaching a $40 billion annualized rate of repurchases. Um, you know, so that looks to be kind of one of the main avenues for the company as it looks to deploy cash. Um, and that is essentially everything for today. Thank you for listening.